of great wonder and beauty is this thing to me this morning. The truth that each one of you has come here by way of miracles, great or small. Looking around and knowing without knowing the details that this sanctuary is full of the story of God unfolding in lives all around us is great with power and mystery. Indeed, the scriptures that we lift up week by week are Scriptures, which are the stories of the peoples who have gone before, personal journeys of miraculous lives transformed in daily seeking and receiving the presence of God. Amen. The scriptures that we read are also the scriptures that we live into being with our very lives. It is with an honor and a joy that I get to introduce today Ryan Ralston, who will be sharing the message of spiritual encouragement Ryan blesses us regularly with service in ministry as our team lead for the equality ministry here. Some of you may be familiar with her from sharing a little bit about her story. She has been featured in the documentary Equality You, which has shown on many TV stations. You may have seen it uh, chronicling Soul Force's journey with a group of college-age students throughout the South, stopping at colleges that have been unwilling to allow openly gay, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender students of faith to participate openly in their communities. Uh, Ryan's story was lifted up in there. We are blessed with the many ways that she seeks to serve. She is currently studying for the bar exam so that in her professional life as an advocate for at-risk youth, she will be able to serve as well. I hope that you enjoy her as much as I already have. Let's welcome her for a resurrection. Warm welcome, Ryan Weston. <laughs> In a minute, we're going to get to hear about Peter, James, and John's mountaintop experience when they traveled up to the mountain with Jesus to pray. Before we go there, I would like to share with you guys my mountaintop experience. And it's my mountaintop experience because I couldn't have appreciated the moment that I was in unless I had traveled the journey. When I was little, my mom used to ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up. Grew up. And I would say... I want to be a UPS driver. They have really cool brown shoes. <laughs> and as she pressed me further, she'd say, no, really, Ryan. And I said, Mom, what greater joy than every day to give somebody a package and put a smile on their face? Like, that would be the coolest job ever. And see, it was this elementary concept of giving a gift that I would have to lose and find again in order to find out who I truly was. I grew up in a Christian home, but I didn't come to know God personally until my junior year of high school. And I remember being in awe and sobbing at the idea of this creator that wanted to have a personal relationship with me, that he wanted to use me as a vessel to reach others. So that year I went on a mission trip to Mexico. And we loaded up in a school bus full of my peers and my youth pastor, and we went down there. And I remember when I arrived, I didn't know that I had arrived. There was no electricity, no running water, just things that these place, people called homes. But they were so excited that we, were, they were, that we were there to hang out, to play soccer. And I got paired up with this woman, single mom of five kids, and she dusted the dirt off beside her, 
and motioned for me to come sit with her. And I shared the day with her. And we shared stories about our faith, about her plans for her life, what she did on a daily basis, what her kids wanted to be when they grew up. And I remember it wasn't until the end of the day that I realized that she wasn't wearing any shoes. And I looked at the feet of all of her children and they were all wearing shoes. So I knew that she had provided for her own kids. And before I had a moment to think, before I even knew what I was doing, I remember simply removing my shoes. And a woman's shoe size can range anywhere from five to 14, something. I don't know, something big. And I didn't know it was gonna fit, and she put them on and it fit, and tears of joy fell from her face, and I simply just got back in the bus and sat down and looked at my socks, I had no idea what just happened to me. And what's cool about this story is what happened next. See, I got back on the bus and we started to pull out, and all of a sudden I heard all this cheer and all this applause. And I looked around to see every single one of my friends and my youth pastor simply remove their shoes and throw them out the window for these kids who just picked them up, throwing them around, exchanging them, and they were so excited about these new shoes. So it was this, I realized that this simple act of kindness can have such a domino effect. It was on that bus ride back from Matamoros, Mexico, back to Texas, that I realized that I want to be a missionary that I want to dedicate my entire life to telling this amazing story of this man who loved us so much that he came and he sent his son and then he sent him to die for us so that we can live. I wanted to do that every single day to anyone and anyone or anyone and anywhere that people would listen to me. So I graduated high school and I went to Oklahoma Baptist University because they offered a cross-cultural ministry major so I could major in being a missionary. And as soon as I got there, I threw myself into the scripture. I wanted to know this story firsthand so I could share it better. I wanted to know it inside and out. I was in Bible study groups. I led Bible study groups. I went out into the community and would grab kids and we'd go, go to church together as long as we would play football afterwards. <laughs> my whole life was just, at 18, I knew what I wanted to do with my entire life. I wanted to go down, I wanted to learn the language, I wanted to learn the culture, I wanted to move to Mexico, and I wanted to share this story day in and day out. I wanted to give this gift. While I was there, I got a girlfriend towards the end of the year, and I remember being off campus one day, and she kissed me on the cheek, and my best friend, my roommate at the time, told administration, and to make a long story short, I got asked to move dorms, have no contact with my then-girlfriend, have no contact with any of the friends that I had made up to that point, and I was, no, I was not welcome to return the following year. In a blink of an eye, my entire life flipped upside down. This story that I wanted to dedicate my life to telling, I no longer believed in. See, because I would have put money on the fact, I would have put my whole life on the fact that God turned his back on me. Because see, I just didn't understand that. That was an unconditional love. So I went home and that was exactly, not exactly how I wanted to come out to my parents. <laughs> right there, it's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but I remember we sitting down as a family and figuring out where I wanted to go the following year, what I was gonna do with my life. 
So I figured I'd go to University of Arkansas and um, learn Spanish. I'll just be a Spanish teacher. At least keep half of what I wanted to do. And as soon as I got to University of Arkansas, everything hit me. All the friends that I had lost, all the relationships that I had lost, this huge sense of rejection, not only from my school and my church, but my God. See, because he turned his back on me. See, I wasn't even good enough to share this story. So I turned to the one thing that I knew could numb it all out. I turned to drugs because it worked. And true to their form, I got hooked. And my entire life was spent consuming myself with trying to get rid of this feeling that I wasn't good enough, that he didn't love me enough to even share his story. Soon, after some time, I called my friends and I said, okay, I'm ready to, to get some help. Because somewhere, somewhere inside of me, there was this little ounce of hope that maybe, just maybe, there might be something on the other side that's worth fighting for. Still didn't want anything to do with God because, again, he's still putting his back towards me. And so no sooner had I put the phone down, my, phone, my friends arrived at my doorstep. And immediately, I changed my mind. No, I was just kidding. I remember crawling underneath my bed, and they're and just pleading. They're pleading with me, and I'm arguing with them. And for 30 minutes, we're going back and forth. And I finally made a deal with them. I said, look, if you let me pack my own bags, I'll go. I'll meet you in the car. They said, okay, but pack for 30 days, Ryan. Okay. So I packed my bags, I got in the car, I drove to Oklahoma where they had found a rehab for me to re attend. My parents met me there, signed in, filled in the paperwork, I get to my room. And at this point my bag's feeling a little light. So I pick it up, I put it on my bed and I open it up, and all I had packed was one flip-flop and one t-shirt for 30 days. See, I didn't know where I was at that point in my life, but I knew that I was exactly where I needed to be. After, I, see, I couldn't even take care of myself. Like, that's what gets me. Like, I knew I had just tried so hard to numb out that feeling that no longer could I even take care of my own self, let alone try to even share a story. After rehab, I completed rehab, and my parents came and picked me up on Father's Day. Um, and if you know anything about my dad, he's, he's a cattleman. He, he likes to be at the ranch. Now, he might be on the outside look like an attorney, and he might tell you that he is, but really, he is, he's a rancher. He's a cattle person. He loves it. And we all share and show love in different ways, but on the way home from rehab, my dad stopped at a boot store. And he stopped, and he bought me a pair of boots. Now, to anyone else, this might look like an ordinary pair of boots. But to me, this was the day that my dad signified to me that he loved me, unconditionally, no matter what. So these now are my favorite and only pair of boots. So I took everything that I learned at OB, I finished rehab, I came out, I went back to college, and I put everything that I had happened to me at OBU, and all the rejection, and all that pain, I put it in a big, small, dark box, 
and I tucked it in the bottom of my heart. I was never going to open it again until I got a call. And this, about a year out later, this lady called and said, hey, my name's Kayla. Um, I'm with Equality U, and I heard your story. And I want to know if you want to come back to OBU and share your story. I dropped the phone, literally. And I just, I remember picking the phone back up and, are you kidding? Really? I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And I, I try to find every excuse in the book. Look, I'm fresh in my, in my sobriety. I don't want to do anything that jeopardizes it. I don't have the time. She's like, Ryan, we're behind you the whole way. She said, Ryan, this would be an amazing gift you can share. I was sold. And I remember driving to Oklahoma, not knowing what I was going to say or do, because remember that when I left, I just left. Like, I didn't say goodbye. I just picked up and I left. So I was sitting there and I'm looking around and I'm realizing that all these people are now, all my classmates are now seniors about to graduate, so they're all there. And this person that they were in Bible study with and did all these things with just disappeared. And see, I had a story to tell and they weren't ready for it. And I remember walking up there and beginning to speak and it hit me. Wait a minute. God didn't turn his back on me. I did. And to me, it was my mountaintop experience. It was like I was sitting on the edge of a mountain. And I was looking down at the most beautiful sight in the entire world. See, he wrapped his arms around me and he told me, I love you, Ryan, and I always have. See, I turned my back so I couldn't see it. That was the day I rededicated my life to God. And he has opened up so many different doors that I never thought would be opened. That is my mountaintop experience. See, Peter, James, and John followed Jesus up to the mountain to pray. And as he's praying, Jesus' face is transformed. His clothes are shining. And Elijah and Moses appear on either side of Jesus, and they begin to talk about his upcoming departure, which is right around the corner at this time. And Peter, of course, chimes in and is like, hey, let's, let's uh, build some dwellings here. Let's hang out a bit. This is really cool. And all of a sudden, this big cloud comes. And I can only imagine it being this huge, beaming voice that is God saying, this is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. See, this was the moment where Peter, James, and Paul, now, John now had proof that Jesus was part, was his son, that he was connected to this deity, that there was a glory of, of Christ was shining through his face. So now they had proof to hold on to, even though in a couple weeks that Jesus might go and die on a cross, and he might do all these weird things that don't make sense, but he, this is my son, and I need you to listen to him. See, Paul's going to go on to talk about this transformation, this glory, this shine in the Corinthians when he's talking to the church of Corinth. And he tells them, hey, we're no longer to be like Moses and put a veil over our face. Because, see, we put a veil on whenever we hold on to something, hold on to an old belief. And those old beliefs can be anything that doesn't line up with what Christ is telling us. And, see, when we put a veil on, we lose our faith journey. We lose our mountaintop experience. And where's the glory that we, owe to, that we want to give to God in this? 
And so he says, hey, whenever anyone, when anyone turns to God, the veil is removed. See, what I love about Paul is that Paul, who used to be Saul and used to kill Christians, if there was anybody that I might say, well, it's okay, you can wear a veil, it would be Paul, because he had a lot to hide. But what I love about Paul is that he's not saying, look at me, I'm this awesome guy. He's saying, look at me, I'm one heck of a sinner, and look how God's using me. So I encourage all of us as we go out and we remember the words of Paul to go boldly, to go up with unveiled faces so that we reflect the glory of God in our faith, to one another, and that no matter where you are in your faith journey, that God is with you every step of the way.